This is interesting. Looking forward to, forward to talking to both of these people. Nicholas Birch is the manager of uh, Music Education Strategy with the Department of Education. And Dr. Anita Collins. Anita is a neuromusical educator and panel member for the Music Education Strategy. I mean, uh, I'm about to learn a fair bit about it. Nick, uh, first of all, good afternoon to you. Um, how are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for having us on the program. Well, I'm, I'm intrigued to talk to you, uh, to you both yourself and Anita. Um, tell us basically what's the uh, what's the program all about? It, it's all about actually what educating kids and, and including music in the whole thing. Yeah, look, the music education strategy uh, was launched by the education minister in November 2018 uh, after a fairly rigorous consultation and feedback process uh, involving our schools, teachers, leaders, uh, music organisations and stakeholders. Yeah. Look, what we're after is, you know, that, that all children and young people in South Australia have access to a high-quality music education that, that's really valued. Um, there's been a lot of research um, into what makes a, a world-class education and, and there's, there's some correlation between high-performing education systems and high-performing music education, uh, education programs across the world. And, you know, it, it's aligning with our department's goal of delivering a world-class education for kids right here in South Australia. All right, Nick, interesting. Anita, Dr Anita Collins. Uh, Anita, good afternoon and welcome to you too. You're a, a neuro, you're a neuromusical educator. What the heck is that? <laughs> it's a good title, isn't it? I, I, I'm um, sorry to be rude, but I've never heard of it before. No, no, no. And it's kind of, it's, it was really interesting. I sort of had to, I spent a lot of time trying to explain what I did, and then I went, How, I need a title. So in many ways, I had to figure out what that was. Yeah. Neuromusical, uh, neuromusical research is a research field that does two things. One is it looks at how music learning changes, impacts, enhances um, the developing brain, so children, but it also looks at it all the way through the lifespan. And the other half of it looks at how studying how our brains process music can actually teach us more about how the brain functions and what happens after trauma, but also how it you know, naturally works. So it's a fascinating area. They're two very different areas that have come together to support each other. So I work to help people understand that. So Nick and Anita, simplifying it, and I'm kind of simple, uh, are you saying basically that when educating kids, young kids or kids of any age, to include a, a musical program helps the education and uh, helps them to learn better? Yeah, it helps their brain to function more effectively. So it, the brains of musically trained kids tend to work faster, they're more connected, they're more consistent. Um, that means that their learning is going to be better because they've just basically got more time and more energy to devote to their learning. So it's just helping them grow into anything they want to do, not musicians, but anything they want to do by having the best start in their education and in their brains. And uh, Nick, uh, Nicholas, uh, how long ago was the program instigated and where did it initially develop? Was it an overseas program that was proven to be successful or what? Uh, look, the, the strategy was announced at the end of 2018. Um, there's been a lot of research the department's done in terms of um, our goal of delivering a world-class education uh, program for South Australia. Um, look, yeah, there's a lot of international interstate research that's been done um, and we've, we've looked at some correlation between uh, music and those high-performing systems and, and looking at how we can tailor that to the South Australian context to support our kids and our students to give them the best possible education. 
Righto. So, the, um, so kids, do they actually learn to play a, a musical instrument or as part of the education do they simply listen to, to music and have it explained to them? How does it work? Yeah, look, there's lots of different ways um, of doing that. Some schools certainly go down the instrumental pathways, um, but, but our strategies are really aimed at the early years, the, the primary years, and, and that's not necessarily about, you know, getting a, a six-year-old to play a tuba. Um, it's about beats, it's about rhythm, it's about moving to music. It's, yeah. um, uh, you know, building those stepping stones and that foundation um, to have that sequential developmental learning that, uh, you know, when they go on through primary school, secondary and beyond, they've they've got a really clear line of sight of excellence in music education. And like Anita said, it's not all about getting every single one of our kids to have a career in music. It's, yeah. it's about developing those skills and that passion for learning um, just as a normal part of the school day. Uh, Anita, in the classroom itself, how do you go about it? Do you do you get the kids to listen to music or do you get them to try and play a musical instrument? What what's the mm. How does it function? Yeah, the research is, is very much pointing to the fact that it's active music learning and that does mean... Um, listening can often be quite passive. You can sit back and listen to something or your brain can wander and do something else. But active music making is, is as it sounds. It's for little kids, it's anything from keeping a beat, walking to a beat, singing a song, um, all the things that, that parents, many parents listening will go, well, we've, we've done that with our kids as well. But as they progress through, it's about getting onto more complex instruments, working in ensembles like concert bands and choirs, and um, orchestras and sort of progressing their musical development and we now know that that progresses their brain development as well. It's uh, 18 minutes to two. We're talking to Nicholas Birch, who's the manager for the uh, Music Education Strategy with the Department of Education, and uh, Dr Anita Collins, who's a neuromusical educator and uh, a panel member for Music Education Strategy. Nick, um, what's been the reaction of teachers? Are they saying, oh, this sounds good, but uh, is, it, is it in practice, will it work? What's, what, what's the, uh, the teacher's attitude uh, towards it being? Yeah, look, it's been really validating the amount of interest and, and appetite we've had from our, our school teachers and preschool educators, um, you know, even though we're in the early stages of the 10-year strategy. Um, yeah, look, we, we've got four seconded um, teachers who are experts, mentors, who are working with, with teachers, and, and we've had um, 40, 50 primary teachers working with them directly. Uh, we, we had a webinar that uh, Anita ran for our early years preschool and primary teachers back in May and we had over 200 uh, regional and metro people tune in to listen to her uh, presentation. So I know it's, it's been fantastic that it's really on the agenda. There, there's a real spotlight on music education, um, particularly in our state here at the moment, and it's, it's validating e even through what has been... Um, a particularly challenging year for all sorts of reasons that, um, yeah, the, the focus and, and interest in music education's been pretty constant throughout. Anita, what's been the feedback from uh, from parents? I know that it's only, what, early stages. It only started last year, this uh, this program, this this concept. What's the uh, the early feedback been from uh, from teachers and parents? Yeah, from the, we're very much working with the teachers at the moment and music education is, is a long game. It's something that you do to get the, the benefits both physically and cognitively needs to be done, you know, sequentially and, and every single day and every single week um, for many, many years. So we're very much at the start of it, but the reaction's been really good. In many cases, some of our more experienced teachers have said, oh, I remember I used to do this. 
way back when and, and somehow it, we don't do it anymore. And so it's really important for that to come back into our practice as teachers. But I think particularly, as Nick mentioned, in these really, really difficult times, music can help with connecting our kids back into their classroom environment far more quickly than talking about it or, or many other things because we now know that music actually physiologically connects us together. If kids sing together it's more than likely that their heartbeats will actually synchronise together and yeah. there's no greater human connection than that. All righty, it's, it's a quarter to two. Uh, God love a Father Joan from up in North Adelaide's given us a ring. Hello, Joanie. Hello. You were um, lovely you, to hear you again. You, were, yeah. you, you, you taught music in schools at one stage of the game, or what? I did. I did my thesis on choral music in girls' schools and then went and taught co-ed choirs ever since. But I also taught chemistry and, people, and, and maths. And people say, oh, you never get a job. But I found the, uh, the integration between music and those other subjects was fantastic. Really? And um, in my old days, like we're talking like 40 years ago now, we used to use the Kadai method of a Hungarian man and in uh, Eastern Europe, they've been in Latvia, Lithuania, and Hungary, they've been using music through education for decades, probably 60 years. And um, it's kind of, you know how when we, in the olden days, we used to learn tables, you know, you, you forget things if you learn them just by heart, but if they're in a sort of sun, a minor third, once, twos, two, 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 whatever, <laughs> two, twos, four, that minor third sing-song stays in a different part of your brain and you remember it. Really? All those years ago? <laughs> Joni, a great telephone call. Thank you for that, Father Joan up in North Adelaide. In a moment or so, we'll uh, continue the talk with um, Nicholas Birch and uh, Dr Anita Collins. Uh, the concept, uh, a new concept, to introduce um, music into uh, into the classrooms. And they say that it's a real advantage for kids and it's, it's working like wildfire. If you've got a question uh, regarding the whole concept, by all means give us a ring on that 8223-0000 interactive telephone number of ours. A little after a quarter to two now. This 5AA magic moment thanks to Agostino Mitsubishi. For the best deals, best service, best experience. Nailsworth and Elizabeth. Agostino.com.au Fabian Nerdman, he just attacked it so hard. Arrow it looked right and he's done it. Woo! The flaming arrow goes into the air. Now that's magic. 1395 Adelaide's 5AA. 60 months interest free at Harvey Norman. Purchase with 60 months interest free and receive a bonus gift card valued at up to $500. No deposit, no interest with 60 monthly payments until July 2025. Shop for laptops, cameras, TVs, fridges, ovens, lounges, beds and so much more. Minimum financed amount $1,000. Approved applicants only. Interest applies if you do not comply with terms and conditions. Fees and exclusions apply. Purchase with 60 months interest free and receive a bonus gift card valued up to $500 at Harvey Norman. At Apia, we're all about possibilities. And while not everything is possible at the moment, you can double up and save with Apia's comprehensive insurance. Simply buy new eligible home and car insurance together before July 31 and save 20% off the second policy. Our dedicated specialists are ready to help. Call 135050 or visit apia.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. Apia is an authorised representative of AAI Limited, the product issuer. Before buying this insurance, read the PDS and consider whether it's right for you. Contact us for a copy. 
Take control of your freedom with RAA's extensive range of quality and comfortable mobility scooters and accessories. We stock a variety of shop rider models, from all-rounders that get you everywhere you need to go, to compact fold-and-go scooters for the shops or on holidays. Plus, if you're an RAA member, there are great discounts available across all models. To book a no-obligation free demonstration in-store or at home, head online into your local RAA shop or call us on 1800 251 254. Keep on moving on. So there's no boat show. But the news isn't all bad because our mates at Pacific Marine have knocked thousands of dollars off their current floor stock. The boys at Pacific Marine are dead set legends and have boats for any budget. From three grand tinnies up to $170,000 cruises and they stock Haynes Signature and Bar Crusher. Save thousands right now at the Pacific Marine floor stock sale, Tapley's Hill Road, Royal Park. And remember, your wife rang and she said it's okay. When you have solar panels, you're thinking about how much of that precious energy from the sun you're harvesting to power your home. With the Tesla Powerwall home battery and Tesla Energy Plan from Cosco Energy Group, you receive the lowest electricity rate in South Australia. Plus, you'll be storing that energy for later use. Learn more about Tesla at the Cosco Energy Group Interactive Showroom, 336 South Road, Croydon Park. Or visit cosco.com.au for more info. K-O-Z-C-O, Cosco Energy Group. South Australia, we've missed you. Welcome back. We're so proud to show SA off. And while the world is waiting, let's be explorers in our own backyard. With Phil Hoffman Travel as your guide, embark on a range of inspiring adventures and immerse yourself in the best South Australia has to offer. Explore with a local. Phil Hoffman Travel, proudly South Australian. Visit pht.com.au. Got an old ductile reverse cycle system in your home that's failed or needs fixing? You could spend thousands of dollars trying to repair it. Or at Mannix, we'll supply and install a latest model inverter unit from as little as $5,000. You'll then have a brand new five-year warranty and save up to 50% on running costs. Call Mannix for advice and a free in-home survey. Or go online anytime. You can save thousands. Scrape your caravan, Walker Crash Repairs, an RAA-approved caravan crash repairer. This is Tony Pilkington. Yeah, g'day everybody. It's a smack on 10 minutes to two. We're talking to Nicholas Birch and Dr Anita Collins, the uh, Department of Education's Music Education Strategy, introduced last year, will run for 10 years. It sets out our, our long-term vision that all kids and young people throughout their education have got access to high-quality music education, and they say this is valued and inspires learning. Uh, down at uh, Glenelg, Patricia's given us a ring for a question for Anita. Hello, Patricia. Patricia? Well, mine is, hello there, mine is more a, a comment. Um, however, it can lead into a question. I have a daughter who's a, a, an adult um, who has um, cognitive disability. Yeah. Um, and the one thing that inspires her into anything is music. And one of the things that's always absolutely bemused me, whilst she has very, a very poor short-term memory, but if you put music on, she can sing the word to every song she's ever heard. Really? Um, and, and, and even sings, sings along and seems to pick up words of songs she hasn't heard. Um, and, um, 
and, and is totally lighter and brighter and happier uh, when she's singing and listening to music, etc. And I'm, I just wonder how much uh, this is being used. Um, I mean, there's so many children these days with... Um, uh, autism. Hers isn't autism. She had an acquired brain injury. Um, but how much are we um, looking at that focus in people with cognitive um, problems? And Dr Anita Collins, you, you'd have the answer to that. Yeah, what a wonderful story. Um, uh, yes, it's been used... And, and before even the sort of neuromusical research was done, there was a lot of research and a lot of practice done with um, all sorts of um, children who learn differently, whether it was through autism or ADHD or dyslexia. Um, music was being was being used as a therapy in that kind of way. So it, it's quite well documented. What's wonderful now with the research is not only is it being used, but we actually are starting to understand why it works so well. So why is it that we can remember the words to a song when we might not be able to read a sentence? So it's um, it's a wonderful piece of research which is helping us understand how the brain works, but also how music is very integral to it because music is actually in the oldest part of our brain. We had music around the very same time that we started to have language. So it's, it's, it's one of those very primal things that our brain kind of uh, hooks into when it needs to remember something, but also when it needs to heal itself. Right. Uh, Patricia, thank you for the call. Uh, Nick, a question from Mark. He says, how will you judge if the program has been a success, accepting the fact that it's only just started? Will that be guided by, I suppose, exam results? I mean, what will be the definitive, uh, you know, reasoning for the success or otherwise of the program? Yeah, look, that's, that's a great question. Um, you know, we're, we're playing the long game. I mean, it's, it's a 10-year strategy. We're really excited that um, it's not intended to be, look, a quick fix and, and a quick injection. It's, we're after deep systemic lift here, and, and it really connects to our overarching ambition. Um, <clears throat> look, what we're after is every child having access to a high-quality music education and just have that as a normal part of the school day. Uh, you know, that, that means improving teacher capacity and confidence, um, just making sure all our teachers and educators at our schools and preschools have access to the best possible tools to deliver that. Um, of course, in the background, there's some baseline data we've already collected to, to have a look at our success over time. Um, but even though it's early days, we've really seen some fantastic signs of success already. There's there's some wonderful stories about how schools and preschools are using music to bring joy and new learning opportunities in the classroom. Um, I was over in, on the West Coast recently. Um, over at Streaky Bay, they've, they've purchased some African drums uh, with, with a funding from our innovation fund and started an ensemble. And it's great hearing directly from the kids the, the impact that this program has had on their engagement at school, on their confidence, and, and things like Anita was talking about around uh, self-regulation. There's, there's a school on the Flurio that are partnering with their local community band, some southern preschools that have joined together to upschool their team in music education. Look, there's just a lot going on and some movement. And, um, you know, of course we're hoping that over time there'll be some meaningful data that we can, you know, collect out of all of that. Oh, sounds great. Tell us about the uh, the Music Innovation Fund. What's what's this all about? Yeah, um, look, it's, it's one of our projects within the strategy. Uh, we're aiming to create more opportunities for, for our kids to participate and invest in innovative practices that support the public education system. Uh, last year we had uh, more than $500,000 available for government schools and preschools, um, as well as music, creative industries and organisations and, and funded some amazing projects within that. 
Uh, we, we've been out and about certainly in the first half of the year, um, seeing seeing the the the, the fruits um, of the program there, and and we're actually opening up another round later in the year, and we'd love to get some uh, some more submissions from our government schools and preschools uh, into the fund, and and seed some really exciting music projects. This is a question from Carol. <laughs> this is a bit out there. Uh, Pilko, she said, well, do you ask your guests? She said, I'm enjoying listening to them. She said, "What? what's their favourite music? All righty, OK, Anita, if somebody says, right, are you, are you allowed to have one more song before you cark it? What's the song you'd like to listen to? It's a dreadful question, I know. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Because I just don't know what I would choose. Um, I think for me, I choose music that I need at the time to either change or enhance the mood I'm in. So that could All be right. anything from... Oh, that's a bit of a cop-out, you know. That. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you've got to remember with musicians, we've got music going through our heads all the time. All the anyway. time. So we're, we've got our own personal stereotypes inside our heads. Okay, Nick, what about you? What's uh, you've, you've had time to think about it now. <laughs> that doesn't mean I've come up with a great answer. <laughs> um, oh, look, I, I'm fairly diverse in my taste, but... Um, Probably Queen are pretty good, I've got to oh, say. Really? Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Look, thank you for the time this afternoon. Congratulations on the initiative. It's got a long way to go, but it's, it's really kind of thinking outside of the square and quite obviously, and I can understand why you're both enthusiastic about the whole concept. Thank you very much for having us. Good on you, Nick. Uh, Anita, thanks for the time again this afternoon. That's um, Dr Anita Collins, who's a a neuromusical educator and a panel member for this uh, whole strategy and the uh, the manager of music education strategy with the Department of Education, Nicholas Birch, who's been our guest this afternoon. Interesting topic. It's three minutes to two o'clock now. If you're